Hi, welcome back to the Thrive Diaries podcast. Hope you're having an awesome day wherever you are. I've got a great episode for you today. It's an interview episode. It is also very educational. I've got my friend Steph from Mind Food Steph on Instagram and TikTok on the potty again. She's been on before talking about ADHD and anxiety, but on today's episode, we're covering the binge restrict cycle. And this is really interesting because Steph is actually a specialist in eating disorders. So she's got a lot of experience with this and she's actually lived through a binge eating disorder herself which we don't go too much into on the episode, but she does touch on and you can read more about in her book, Food Jail, if you are interested in hearing her story and more advice. But on this episode, we basically go through like how we define binge eating disorder, what are some of the triggers for it, some of the genetic causes for binge eating, and more importantly, some strategies that you can use if you are experiencing this or if you know somebody who's experiencing this. And Steph uh, gives us lots of practical tips. So it's a really good episode. I hope you get a lot out of it. I know I always learn something from Steph. Anyway, I will leave you to it. Here is the episode. All right. Mind Food Steph, Steph Giorgio, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so pumped for this episode with you, Liz, before you give birth. Oh my I God. I know. Oh my God. Before my life changes forever. It's actually like, yeah, yeah it's it's hard to get my head around. But anyway, yeah, I'm recording this at 40 weeks pregnant. So if I sound puffed at any point on the podcast, guys, that's why there's a big baby pressing up against my lungs. So (laughs) anyway, anyway, today we've got a really uh, important episode, I think. And it's one that actually the Vegan Diaries audience suggested that we talk about because it's a really common issue. We're talking about the binge restrict cycle when it comes to dieting and disordered eating. And I'm so pleased that you're on because this is like your speciality, right? Eating disorders. Yes, 100%. And I think it really does underpin everything we do because we need to eat to live. And for that reason, we're surrounded by food. We're surrounded by diet culture. We're surrounded by body image. So I think it's very Mm -hmm. hard to escape problems when it comes to food and to know what is normal, what is disordered and navigate that process. Yeah, totally. And for people just quickly as well, I should let you introduce yourself just for anybody who doesn't know you. Can you give a little quick, quick intro? Absolutely. For those that don't know me, my name is Steph and I'm a psychologist here to break it down. You may have seen me on (laughs) TikTok. So I am also a content creator, but I've been a psychologist for eight years now and also a clinical psychology registrar. So I'm in my final hours of becoming a clinical psychologist. I've published a book, Food Jail, Breaking the Bars of Binge Eating, and do a lot of public speaking, a lot of different types of speaking. I've worked in prisons. I've worked in the public system, private system. So I've been a little bit everywhere, but now I'm loving the online space because you can just reach so many more people. And that's why I asked you about your your podcast and who listens and how many people, because it's amazing that we have these resources at our fingertips. Yeah, it is so cool, isn't it? And I think, you know, for anybody who doesn't follow Steph as well already on TikTok, and we will get into the episode quickly, but she is amazing. She is able to break down the most complex kind of psychological conditions and topics into something that is so understandable and also like actionable. So make sure you go, you go follow Steph. Didn't TikTok like send you an award? Cause you're so like awesome, <laughs> basically. I got, um, yeah. It was cause I was going live really. Oh. They sent me this box. 
I've actually got a here that came with a light ring and a stand and they're like, go live on TikTok, um, which was really nice because no other social media platform has sent me. Yeah, Instagram's so, never said bloody anything to me. Yeah, Nothing, only <laughs> like negative. No, I'm joking. Yeah, now you can buy a blue tick if you want for 25 bucks a month. <laughs> Literally. And then the yeah. scanner doesn't even work and uh, they're refunding me because the scanner kept scanning my ID blurry so they think I'm a fraud. Oh, what? That's <laughs> anyway, we won't get into the social media side of things. Um, so, okay, binge restrict cycle. To kick it off with, I was thinking maybe for those who aren't 100% sure if they're stuck in a binge restrict cycle or if they've been in one before and what the difference is between just like, you know, maybe overeating a little bit or maybe being on a diet. Could you explain what it is? Absolutely. Binge eating is eating a large amount of food in a short period of time. It's also associated with feelings of guilt, shame, and loss of control. Now, you're probably wondering, that's me on Christmas, right? Because (laughs) have moments where we overindulge, but a binge really does cause distress to the person. It's not enjoyable. They feel they're out of control. They feel they can't stop eating. But then there are things called subjective binges in which it may not fit the clinical criteria, which I just described of a binge, but people may believe they're binge eating when they may in fact not be clinically binge eating and that's a subjective binge. So perhaps someone with, say, anorexia nervosa restrictive subtype has two ice creams and to them that is a binge, whereas in a a clinical binge or binge eating disorder, it would be 10 ice creams. So the binges, I guess, do occur on a spectrum, but for a clinically, I guess, defined binge, it's a large period of food short period of time, loss of control, and it's interfering with your day-to-day functioning. Mm, Thank you. That's a really useful uh, overview. So the subjective binge would just be more like you don't have the feelings of distress, but maybe you've overeaten, something like that. Yeah, or basically you you think it's a binge. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have what's called a binge eating disorder. And Mm. It's actually one of the most common eating disorders affecting approximately 6 and 5% of the total population. So that's binge eating disorder is 6% and other specified feeding and eating disorder is 5%. And that's sort of the category of eating disorders that don't really fit the other categories. They go into this other specified group, um, whereas anorexia and bulimia is lower in the population. So binge eating disorder is one of the most prevalent eating disorders that we see. Isn't that interesting? Because I feel like so often we hear about anorexia and bulimia and those in our heads are the eating disorders. Maybe this is like, you know, from my childhood and growing up, right? And nobody really talked about binge eating disorder. So the guilt and shame factor, and I suppose the fact maybe that it's not as physically obvious if somebody is necessarily in a binge restrict cycle too, like you're not necessarily going to look really thin or you look really overweight like you might if you had one of the other two conditions, right, or disorders rather. Yes. So, yeah, it's really interesting. So with the guilt and shame, I suppose, do you think that's why people don't talk about it more, like binge eating? I think It's a challenging one because people of all shapes and sizes may struggle with binge eating. It's genuine binge eating is a recurrent and debilitating physical and emotional condition. And in people who, let's say, are on the larger side, 
And even on the thinner side, they may have medical consequences, but there's a lot because it also sort of borders and a lot of eating disorders do, they border on that medical side, that high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, digestive problems, metabolic syndrome. And it's also very comorbid with anxiety and depression. Now, Mm. not everyone who has binge eating problems restricts. I know you said the binge eating restrict cycle, and I'll talk about that, but I want to highlight, I often do videos about binge eating and restriction and people are like, but what if I binge and I do not restrict? And that's when it is binge eating disorder. So a binge eating disorder means the person has frequent and intense episodes of binge eating, but they're not then going onto compensatory behaviors such as excessive exercise, such as fasting, restriction, laxatives, etc. So they don't have the restrictive part, but they have the binge eating part. So that's the difference between the two. Got it. That's That makes a lot of sense. Because I was going to actually ask that. I was like, is it always, yeah, hand in hand or can they just be separate? Yeah. Things. Yeah. And people can move across. Eating disorders are very transdiagnostic, which means people can move from one to the other. They may have been bulimic, but then if they're not, they may go into just the binge eating disorder. So the the criteria has a lot of overlap and sometimes you don't neatly fit into one category. Hmm. So how do you know, I guess, when, you know, maybe it's something that you should seek help for, like when do you need to speak to somebody or what are the like treatment options, I guess, for somebody who's experiencing binge eating disorder? Yeah. Let's go through the criteria. So in order to be diagnosed with binge eating disorder, you need to have at least one binge episode a week without any compensatory behavior. So no purging. If there was purging, they may, that may lead to a bulimia diagnosis. Now the binging must be a large amount of food within two hours or a short period of time with a feeling of loss of control. This criteria also includes being unable to stop consuming food despite a strong desire to stop, feeling fullness to the point of being uncomfortable eating alone because of being embarrassed about how much you're eating. Um, They even sense that the food is no longer appealing and they tend to eat a lot more rapidly than usual. And this needs to cause clinically significant distress. So it needs to either affect their job, affect their um, physical health for some people, but there needs to be impairment. They think about it all the time. they sort of succumb to those urges. They struggle with relationships. It has to take up a lot of mental real estate, in other words. Interesting. And so why, like, or how do these kind of disordered or how does this disorder start typically? Is it from diet culture? Like can we blame, you know, having been on lots of fad diets as a way that people like kind of, I suppose, a gateway into this kind of eating pattern? Yes, I love this question. Now, the exact reasons for binge eating disorder is unknown, but there's a lot of likely risk factors. So one is genetics. People with bed or binge eating disorder are believed to have an increased sensitivity to dopamine. And that chemical is responsible for feelings of pleasure and reward. And there's also strong evidence that it is inherited. So in families, there may be a genetic vulnerability to having binge eating disorder. There's also uh, biological. So if people have restricted themselves at some point in their life, 
they essentially train their body that I might starve you. The body senses restriction. So the minute they see the food, the body's like, I don't know when you're going to starve me again. It wants carbs. It wants all of that. So people can train their brain to essentially uh, want to binge eat. There's also a gender makes you vulnerable. Women are more susceptible than men. Mm. Different uh changes in the brain. There's some indications that people with binge eating disorder may have a different brain structure that makes them more heightened in response to food and have less self-control. And I feel like this is very validating for people because there's a lot of shame in binge eating disorder. And people think they have no control. They have no willpower. There's something wrong with them, but it serves a purpose. There's emotional trauma. People who have a history of binge eating often report a history of binge eating in childhood or their teenage years because there's been something traumatic that's happened to them. And there's even more, 80% report other psychological conditions that are comorbid like um, trauma, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar substance use and the list goes on to name a few. Mm. And just for people who don't know, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right, comorbid just means that you have that condition at the same time as the other one, right? Correct. It means two or more co-occurring conditions. Yes. Um, So basically just to try and paraphrase what you were saying as well. So it means that you can have genetic predisposition to binge eating disorder. And then on top of that, if something traumatic has happened to you, that could have been your way of coping. And then that trauma incident could have like resulted in the binge eating disorder as well. Yes. And people may have lots of these vulnerabilities, being a woman, going through something traumatic, growing up in diet culture that really puts you kind of on the higher end of the vulnerability spectrum to developing that as well. Yeah. And so for somebody maybe who's listening, who is stuck in a like binge cycle, like for example, I did have somebody, this is obviously totally anonymous, but messaged me saying that they've really struggled with a binge eating disorder for a few years now. And you know, all capital letters, I need to know how to recover. Like it's sad because you can sense the, um, the desperation that somebody might be feeling who is caught in this kind of cycle. So what are some things that you would recommend people do if they are stuck in this binge eating disorder? Wait, before we go into the remainder of this episode, I have to tell you about something so cool that I want you to be a part of. I was getting inundated with questions about how do I manifest my dream life? How do I track lucky girl syndrome? What if I have anxiety? I can't concentrate. I procrastinate and I needed to do something about this. So I unleashed my unchaining your brain method in the form of an online course. So over the years of becoming a psychologist, I have developed the ultimate method that helps you attract your dream life, relieve anxiety and rewire negative thoughts in your brain. Imagine if one strategy could help you change the way you think feel, and respond to situations forever. Well, now it can. March 14th, I am starting the Unchain Your Brain course. These are four easy modules which you can do through your own phone or computer. Our next Unchain Your Brain program starts in the next two weeks, so make sure you don't miss out. Click on the link in the show notes to find out when the next course is, and I cannot wait to see you there. 
Yeah. Well, first and foremost, get the right therapy. And when I mean the when I say the right therapy, I mean someone who is trained in this condition, a psychologist who has eating disorder expertise, because a lot of people aren't trained in it. A lot of it isn't picked up on in therapy because people often present to therapy with the secondary issue. For example, anxiety, depression, yeah, right. low mood. They don't talk about the eating. And when you actually ask people, hey, how's your relationship with food? Then it comes up. So I think it can fly under the radar. So one is therapy. The second is there's a lot of empirically based treatment approaches for binge eating disorder, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, medication might help some people with the urges. A lot of people I work with have done seven years of therapy and nothing's worked. And they come to me, I realize you actually have ADHD and that's why you binge eat. And the minute they're on ADHD medication, that rapidly improves their urges to binge eat because it is driven by a neurodevelopmental condition as well as a psychological one. The aim of therapy, now I'm trained in something called CBTE, which is an enhanced version of cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a special type of thought-based talk therapy that is very targeted to, firstly, you get your eating regular. Usually what we see in binge eating, bulimia and eating disorders Eating is very sporadic. People wake up Monday and they're like, that's it. Today I'm starting my diet. I'm going to have salad. They restrict, restrict, restrict. They eat chocolate. Uh Uh-oh, broke a dietary rule. I'm going to eat all the chocolate and then I'll start again tomorrow. We aim to break that cycle by eating regularly. So if you're someone listening to this, just do a little mini audit on are you eating regularly? How often are you eating? Are you eating enough? So many women do not eat enough throughout the day because they've been programmed to eat 1,200 calories. That's barely enough for a toddler. So I encourage you, actually speak to a nutritionist or a professional to know what your daily intake should be because you probably would be surprised that you're under eating. And then with that under eating, that screws up your metabolism. And then you can actually gain weight from that because your body is storing fat, X, Y, Z, not my area of expertise, but I do know a lot about it. So that's what we do. We try to normalize eating patterns. We encourage self-monitoring. We build that psychological awareness around triggers, around your coping. And we aim to use coping strategies. For example, urge surfing. If you're having the urge to splurge, noticing that urge, let's delay it for five to 10 minutes or changing a belief. I've eaten a slice of pizza. I might as well have the whole pizza. This is all or nothing thinking. So we train and coach people on that type of thinking pattern so they can pick it up the next time it comes and not fall victim to it to try to minimize um, relapse. Mm, So interesting, Steph. And I was going to ask actually on the topic of not eating enough, one thing that I found like when I've And I don't know if I actually would have ever qualified like as a clinical thing for like a binge eating disorder, but I've definitely gone through phases where I've felt a bit out of control with food. Like I know a lot of people have experienced, but one thing that I was going to say too is, do you find, is there any um, trend of people not eating in the morning, for example, and then binging later in the day, like not spreading the calories throughout the day? Do you know what I mean? 
Yes, yes. When mm. I used to go through this, so for those who don't know, I went through a massive nine-year eating disorder. That's why I got into this work. I used to say like at night the devil came out. I was this angel during the day. I ate so perfectly in public, but then in private when the sun went down, so did my willpower and desire to, you know, hold up this perfect image. But yes, a lot of people will skip breakfast or they have coffee for breakfast or breakfast makes them sick and they're on the go and they're rushing. And then by the time they get home, they're tired. And to being tired is a massive vulnerability. How much do you not care when you're tired? You're like, bro, I'll eat anything. Um, so being tired is a massive vulnerability. At the end of the day, people may be feeling lonely. TV, we love to eat in front of the TV. You know, give me that bowl of ice cream when I'm watching Married at First Sight. So I think at night, there's so much more vulnerabilities to binge eating. And it's also people's downtime. For a lot of mums, for a lot of busy people, it's their only time to switch off. And how do we switch off? We watch TV, we enjoy some dessert. So yes, that is a common trend. And especially mm-hmm. in public, people want to eat healthy in public or eat well, especially if you're overweight. There's so much stigma around there's weight stigma, right? So the people who are overweight, like they're really embarrassed to eat certain foods in public. So they're likely to hide, which is really sad and unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, even for people who don't have um, like a disorder as well, like you're not going to pig out as much in, sorry, I shouldn't use that language because I'm just realizing I'm like, oh, that's like a diet culture kind of term as I'm saying it now. <laughs> but um, I'm like, oh, got to pick myself up on that. But um, no, like, I mean, you know, you're not going to necessarily eat maybe as much as you might normally if you're in a public setting, maybe especially women, you know, wanting to seem like they're dainty and feminine and like mm-hmm. they're not just you know, eating as much as a bloke sitting next to them kind of thing. So there's definitely like that public, oh. yeah, factor perception. as well. Yeah, that public perception of what you, yeah, what you should eat and how, yeah, gender really influences that. It's it's real. Like I think back in the day I would never have gone on a date and gotten, you know, a really messy rack of ribs or something like that. Yeah. You're like, oh, uh, Caesar salad or something or (laughs) something, something girly, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you raised a really good point there. Um, What are some of the triggers that people might experience that bring on a binge and, you know, also would love to know your thoughts as well more around that strategy of just pausing when you feel like the urge to binge come on and how maybe people can breathe through that? Yeah, sure. So we'll go through triggers, then we'll go through the strategy. Awesome. There's many different triggers for different people, but a common range of triggers includes stress because what happens is when you're stressed, your frontal lobe lifts, you're in fight you're in fight or flight, and that's a very emotional state. It doesn't think, it doesn't care. And what people don't realize is in fight mode, you need a physical strategy, and physical strategy is eating. And this is something I teach in my Unchain Your Brain is let's rewire your nervous system in a way that's adaptive because at the end of the day, the binge is is meeting a need and it's serving a function, so we want to work out what that is. Other than stress, uh, dieting is a massive one. How many people here listening have gone on a diet, cabbage soup diet, shake diet, uh, whatever it might be, and <laughs> you're dying to eat something different and the minute you have that taste, your brain is like, oh, my goodness, I need more of this. So just putting your brain in a restrictive mindset, it wants what it thinks it can't have and it will go crazy over it. 
uh, other than dieting and stress, negative feelings relating to body weight or body shape. So feeling fat, waking up and looking in the mirror and being like, oh, nothing's working. My body is disgusting. I suck. Because feelings and thoughts control behavior. So for example, someone may eat a donut and they think, I failed. I shouldn't have eaten that. I can't stick to anything. It's not the donut that's the problem, even though people think it is. But then that belief that they've done something wrong, they're a failure, leads them to feel upset. And then they say, screw it. I'm going to eat 10 donuts. Whereas a person can eat a donut and say, I ate a donut. It's a nice day today. And that's it. So see, the donut's not the problem, but then people try to control the donut. So thoughts and feelings about your body weight has an, an, a massive has a massive impact. And the last one is unpleasant emotions. Growing up, you're taught, don't cry, just have a lollipop. You go to the dentist, well done, have a lollipop, whatever it might be. So tap into what your triggers are when you feel the urge to splurge. And I I don't want to demonize binge eating or emotional eating. It's absolutely okay from time to time, eating emotionally, eating for emotions. If you're going through a breakup, you have some ice cream, it is fine. I'm talking about clinically impairing frequent binge eating episodes that feel out of control. Step into what you're feeling the next time you have an urge. Notice the discomfort. Be aware of the emotions. We're taught to shut off emotions and that's not your fault. That's just the way we've been brought up. So the first way to overcome it is recognize those urges to splurge and become curious about it. I call this unchaining your brain. And the unpart is understanding, is coming from a place of curiosity and kindness versus beating yourself up and noticing what is going on for you because awareness precedes change. And then once you've got that part down, then you can go into more um, behavioral techniques. So in my book, I speak about something called the ride technique when we want to ride the urges. Step one, recognize what the trigger was, recognize your thoughts and feelings. And then the I is investigate. What am I thinking? Is this logical? What's the evidence for this thought? And then the D I think is deep breathing. We want to reset the nervous system because when your nervous system is in fight or flight, you're not using your logical brain. So you can't outthink a binge. That's the problem. People get really upset because they have no self-control. It's not that. It's that you're in emotional mind and in emotional mind, there is no logic. So we teach a special type of breathing that resets the nervous system. And then the E is execute the aware technique, which is the next step. And if you grab my book, you can go into that in more detail, but start with those three steps and see what you notice. Mm, Those are also helpful, I think, Steph too. So it's like, People who are, say, literally somebody's listening to this and they're like, I'm really worried I'm going to have a binge later tonight. You can use that technique there where it's, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget each of the letters as well. Yeah. well the, what was it again? It was the, the uh, ride. So right. recognize, investigate, deep breathing, and then we want to execute the next step. But get those three down first. But I also just want to say, you know, I noticed you said, oh, if I'm worried, I'm going to have a binge later. Change your relationship to what a binge means or looks like. Don't view it as something really bad and demonic and awful and horrible. View a binge as 
this is something I need to learn. This is something I need to understand better. So welcome your binges. Say, you know what? I'm going to have a binge tonight. Yes, it's not ideal. It's not where I want to be right now, but I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to be curious about it because when we think something is bad, we don't want to look at it. We don't want to investigate it, but it's happening for a reason. So if we're kind and compassionate about finding out more, we're more we're more inclined to find out what that is. Steph, that's so powerful. I think as well, it's just removing that shame factor, right? And maybe that's one of the, I'm sure there's many other benefits too, of course, of doing like proper therapy on this as well. But even just talking about it and knowing that other people are experiencing it or maybe sharing, you know, your experience with somebody, it takes away the ugly feeling of it or that really awful feeling of guilt and it replaces it with curiosity, like you were saying. So I think that's a really positive, one of the more positive ways that you could look at something that is hard, you know? Yes, absolutely. Just own it because when you own it and you welcome it, it's not this big secret that you're trying to hide. Yeah. Steph, thank you so much. I think this was a really, really helpful episode. If people do want to learn more about your course, where can they go and like, tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, sure. So if you're someone who struggles with either anxiety, your brain, negative thoughts, overwhelming feelings, procrastination, I've just released my brand new course, Unchain Your Brain, Relieve Anxiety, think less and achieve more in under five minutes. And it's an online course. It is amazing. And you can grab it directly through my link. So Mind Food Steph on Instagram, on TikTok. If you click the link in my bio, it will be there. And you can do it in your own pace. It's lifetime access. I've got a Facebook community. It's fantastic. And it's very easy. So if you have ADHD, you have a short attention span, it's very quick modules and easy to learn. And then if you want a copy of my book, you can grab that as well from the same link or mindfoodsteph.com and enter the code mindfood20 if you want to get a little discount too. And I think the book in particular as well, like sharing your story and your experience living through a binge eating disorder as well is just so, um, yeah, really, really powerful. But anyway, thank you so much for being on Steph. Really appreciate you. You're welcome. See you soon. Thanks everyone. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. rocketmoney.com slash pod24.